Welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're welcoming back Travis Hancock from Facade Games. Travis and his wife Holly have published six extremely successful games and are back with their newest edition, Hollywood 1947, which is currently on Kickstarter. Travis, welcome back to The Binge. How are you doing? Thank you. Good Good to be back. Oh, it's great to have you. Now, as we were just saying off air, I was I always like to go back when I have people return and I look at earlier episodes. Episode six. Yeah. <laughs> like you were there at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's so cool to have you back now. Episode 221. Uh, for those who don't know uh, you, Travis, uh, in Facade Games, maybe you can give us just a quick kind of overview of yourself and your wife, Holly, and kind of what you guys do with this company and kind of how it kind of came together. Sure. Yeah. Um, first of all, I mean, congrats episode 200 something like to be there at six and now <laughs> 200 plus. That's cool. It's been a journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we started our company in 2015. Um, we, we were just kind of graduating college. I had started my first job. Um, and I'd been working on this, this kind of side gig, the side project, um, which, which was Salem, our first game for a couple of years. And, um, kind of at the time I was just throwing different stuff at the wall, seeing what would stick. I, I, I really wanted to do my own thing at some point I knew, but I didn't know what it was going to be. Um, but we, we launched that on, on Kickstarter and it, it just took off did way better than we thought yeah. it would. And so I, I quit my job, Holly quit her job a couple of years later. Um, and we just started making more games and, uh, we've had a really good community to let us let us keep doing that. So Holly's uh she was a, a teacher, elementary school teacher. Mm. Um, but she she'd kind of always dabbled in design. And so she handles our our graphic design and is just really good at it. Oh yeah. Um and yeah, so six games in and we're having fun. So Bristol, I think, was probably the biggest one. Was it of all those or uh yeah, they've each Kickstarter's gotten bigger so far. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That Same. one was close to, well, I think, um, uh, probably after Kickstarter is done with like late pledge and so forth. I, I'm sure you guys crossed a million on that one, right? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And how do you guys, like, I'm always interested. So when you see couples working together on games, how do you find that interaction? Do you guys compartmentalize and say, okay, you're going to do this. I'm going to do that. Is it more collaborative than that? Like, how do you like couples, you know, in general are not always the <laughs> best to work together on anything right um yeah. but when you're trying to create something from scratch how do you guys manage that oh man yeah it's it's definitely been a process learning there have been some tense moments yeah but there have been some really good moments too like you know sometimes when when a deadline's coming up and we're both stressed like it's it can get hard but 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 when we've kind of at the tail end of it and we've created something and it's successful and people are playing it and enjoying it it's just it's fun like it's it's fun to experience that together. Um, and yeah, we, we've tried to com compartmentalize the, the tasks. I'm, I'm trying to do better at just saying like, okay, you're, you have a design, like whatever it is, it is. <laughs> and I, I just need to shut up more. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so we're trying to stick to our realms. And another thing we do is when we're not working, we, we try to not talk about work at all, like keep it from eight to five or whatever, you know? Yeah. And then afterwards, just like, don't talk about it. 
<laughs> so or, yeah. or at least ask permission say like hey like I, I have this thing i'm thinking about this game can we talk about it real quick and sometimes she'll be like no <laughs> tomorrow that, but that's interesting because when you like most of the people i talk to in, in this industry are thinking about the games all the time right oh, you're laying in bed I at am. night and your eyes are closed you're thinking about the game or you're thinking oh, about I, the next thing i definitely on. am which is why i have to ask her permission to bring it up because yeah. otherwise i would just talk about it all the time so yeah. And you got to have a life kind of outside of that. Like it, it's one thing when it's a, when it's a side hustle, right? So when uh-huh. you have a day job and then, uh, you know, I see it's a lot of publishers I talk to, or a lot of, uh, designers where they have their day job and the board game design is a side hustle and it's an escape from the day to day for them, right? They're doing that to try to clear their mind of, of the day to day. And then the few of you that I've talked to, that are doing it full time where it's become now that is, that is the job. Um, you're almost looking at it from a different perspective, right? And, and then you do have to put yourself in these positions of, okay, this is now our job and you now need to have like an escape from that, right? I need to have a separation or you go crazy, right? So for sure. And, you know, in some ways this has like taken away my hobby of board gaming because anytime we play games, like we have to be testing our games because, you know, we, we need to test them out so much that like anytime yeah. we get a group together, it's like, we gotta, we gotta play the new game. And so I really don't play that many other games outside of ours just cause there's not, not the time for it. But, but I mean, I, I love, I love planner games and it, it kind of goes with, with our past games too. It's like yeah. sometimes, you know, months will go by and I haven't played Tortuga or Deadwood or Bristol. Like, I'm just like, I just want to play those games again and get back in there. But but it's always just like moving on to the next thing. Like even, even with Hollywood, like, you know, we've, we're kind of in testing mode for the next game for volume six right now. And so you kind of got to refresh yourself and be like, okay, like get back in Hollywood mode and, and for, for the Kickstarter and all that. But yeah, yeah, that's challenging, right? When you're having to layer, cause obviously again, when it, this is the company, this is the business. So the business has to keep, you know, generating revenue and you know, the innovation pipeline has to be keep coming any given yeah. time. You're, I uh, got one uh, game that you're fulfilling. You got another one that's probably on Kickstarter. You've got another one that is in uh, final uh, development stages. And yeah. you've probably got at least one that's in ideation phase where you're starting to prototype oh, yeah. and, and work it out. Especially if you're not selling yeah. other people's games, but you're actually doing your own games, which I believe you guys do. Right. Um, that's four very different tasks that you're having to, to, to do simultaneously, right? And It is, yeah. How do you manage that? Like, how do you compartmentalize that? Um, I, I just try to have good, good to-do lists, kind of a good organization system yeah. where, you know, I, I sit down like, okay, right now I'm in, you know, Bristol mode and thinking about how we're marketing that right now. And then I switch over like, okay, now we're in Hollywood mode. And then I do that for a while. And then I switch, okay, now we're in parkade mode, which I'll talk about later, but yeah. Um, yeah. So just, just kind of staying organized, I guess it's a big part of it. Do you ever find that you have, because uh, you're saying like you're playing, every time you're playing games, you're playing your games so that you have even more playtesting going on. Do you ever find with some of your gaming groups that you're you're playing with where they're like, hey, do you mind if we play Ticket to Ride tonight? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you ever run into that or? Um, I guess, I guess more with my family yeah. than anything. I have a lot of family that lives locally and, you know, they all come in for the holidays. And pretty much anytime we're together, I'm like, hey, you guys want to play Hollywood or you want to yeah. play Bristol or because because we just had to test stuff out. 
and usually they're like oh yeah like let's do it but sometimes they're like well like we've played that 10 times this week can we do something <laughs> else <laughs> but no they're 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 the best i i have um i'm actually one of one of nine siblings wow and and they all just love love to game so that's kind of what we do when we're together we just play board games so now, they all live fairly close to you too, your siblings or um a, a couple of them i'm trying to get more of them to to move back this way <laughs> <laughs> and now you guys have three kids now right so we do, yeah uh, you know and congratulations on that that's amazing thank you how has that impacted your um your strategic direction as a company because you guys are are are, are very specific to a, a genre that you're working on right now right mm -hmm. and you know there's that natural kind of inclination i think as you know as you have a family and as the kids start to grow and you start to get more involved in their interests has there been any thought to start saying okay maybe we start working on some titles that are more family focused and things like that at all or yeah i i keep waiting for that to happen to me when when one day i'm like oh i gotta make a kids game but it, <laughs> it just hasn't happened i i keep thinking it will but i i really haven't felt that pull Maybe, yeah. maybe it'll happen. Like they're starting to play more and more games with us, but I'm kind of just waiting for them to get like just a little older so that they can start, start yeah. playing our games and I can teach them how to lie and backstab effectively. <laughs> <laughs> well, all your games have this kind of uh, this book theme too, right? They fit on a shelf that looks like uh, the, these like, um, like encyclopedias, I guess on an, on an old bookshelf is, is the design of your games. Maybe if you get into the kids' genre at some point, you can have children's books. Could be the shelf oh, yeah. below, right? Maybe that's oh, yeah. the uh, the direction you guys go. I like that. So this 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 new title, Hollywood, uh, nineteen forty seven. Where did you guys come up with the idea for this, and like, where did that come from? Yeah, so I actually think it was a comment during our Bristol Kickstarter. Someone just wrote like, "Hey, like," because people are always throwing out city in years because all our all our dark cities are based on a city in a year from history yeah. and someone someone wrote that one down like what about mccarthyism red scare and classic hollywood and i just like stopped i'm like oh, like that's it like that's what we're gonna do yeah <laughs> um, and at, at the time we were, we were already developing the rules for for what would become hollywood um, but at the time it was a, like a mob game like chicago type of thing and i really liked how it was going um but there was like one mechanic that like wasn't quite working thematically. And I'm just like, I just don't know. And then they they brought that up and, and I just started thinking about how we could reconfigure the game. And it's like, no, this will work perfectly. Um, and I'm, I'm a huge movie guy. Um, I, I minored in film in college and then mm. um, I'm actually on a quest to watch every um, Oscar nominated picture or for, for best picture. So there were like five to 10 per year since 1929. Yeah. So about 500 I need to watch. So I, I may be like a halfway through or something, but you know, that's a lot of, lot of old movies in the, you know, thirties and forties. And so I, I'm just kind of in that zone of, of thinking about that stuff. And so it was kind of a natural fit with, with one of my hobbies anyways, is, is those old movies. And it's just really kind of clicked that way so. is this something you guys will typically do have almost like a placeholder kind of theme on on a title that you're working on and and then afterwards say okay once we kind of work it out mechanically now let's pick our city and year kind of thematic to kind of wrap on it is that is that generally the approach or um they all go different ways so let's see i'll just, I'll just kind of go down the lines salem was just a generic like thing called city but but we decided on adding the salem witch trials 
Tortuga, we always knew we wanted a pirate thing. So that started pirate and ended pirate. Deadwood was the same. Um, we knew we wanted a, a cowboy one. That one, the the mechanics were all over the place. Like it took so many forms that it always stayed pirate or uh, Western. Mm-hmm. Then with Bristol, it actually started as a Rome themed, like a chariot racing type of thing. And then it yeah. became a gladiator thing. And uh, eventually we, we knew we wanted to do a, a Black Plague game eventually and we thought it would be further down the line but it, again it just kind of fit better with the mechanics that were going it just wasn't quite working as the chariot racing game like we couldn't quite figure out like okay, are people on the chariot do they own the chariots are they are they why are they sponsoring the chariots and then when then we finally got people in in the carts and we're like no like this is a this is a play game they're trying to get out of the city um so there's that and then i think i think the chicago thing we we've always kind of resisted doing a mob type of game just because I feel like there are a lot of them. It's kind of yeah. a natural, natural place to go for a social deduction. So I wasn't like super excited about it, but and so not all still, of them do well either, right? Like yeah. There's a lot, but there's not right. a lot of successful ones. <laughs> right. So <laughs> right. so I was I was excited that that the Hollywood theme kind of fit better, and so I, I don't know that we'll do a Chicago game down the road, but but who knows. That's crazy. I'm looking at your page right now, showing for people who are watching on the replay or live. Uh, first of all, congratulations. I'm going to put this in Canadian dollars. It's the only way I can see it. It's always bigger. Anyways, um, you're sitting currently after like, I think a day and a half, $447,000 on a, uh, on a goal of roughly uh, 40 and a half thousand. So 10 times your goal, 5,165 backers. That is incredible, uh, for, uh, you know, for two days in. So Congrats on that right out of the gate. Um, certainly, I think what you're seeing here is is building upon success, right? Each title, uh, you learn more, you build your audience, you're sticking within your brand, which then allows you to carry a lot of that audience over from game to game. Right. Can you walk us through, and first of all, uh, also let me throw it there. I think the artwork looks awesome. Uh, was it Sarah Keel do this one as well? Yes, yeah, she um, Yeah, she did She did most of the illustrations for the posters and the, the characters. Oh, that's and crazy. then we also worked with Ryan Goldsberry. Um, he works with Tim Fowers games. Um, but it, if you look at those games, it's kind of this this cool retro style that we really, really liked. So so he did um, he did the illustration on a couple of them, the uh, the comedy and the animation. And then he did he did a lot of the initial graphic design, kind of put it all together and then and then Holly jumped on board and kind of brought it brought it all together. So, yeah, yeah. oh, that's good. awesome. Yeah, shout out to Sarah Keel. I'm a big fan of her work, uh, yeah. and and I know she's worked on a lot of your games. So, uh, so kudos to her and yeah, uh, and her family. Awesome. Um, also, just before I get into the game itself, I want to talk a little bit about the video as well. I was watching the video, which it didn't seem like there's a lot of animation in there. I don't, if any, uh, that I could tell. Like a lot of it seemed like it was shot practically. Is that is yeah, that the case or it was yeah um yeah we had a we had a prototype of everything on hand um we worked with a company called the ballast brothers this time um they do a great job so yeah it was all it was all practically shot i mean with physical cards and, and books and all that so that is awesome yeah. and I, I always like to, to to point this out when i see this in a game that is successful I, I, clearly your, your game is successful and it's i mean by the time this campaign closes it's going to be again another huge, huge title for you guys, which is awesome. But I think what it does is it proves to people out there that you don't necessarily need to go and spend thousands of dollars on all this fancy slick animation. 
Um, and I think sometimes people will do that when you actually have the actual game. Like, yeah. you know, you can go animate it, but I have the physical game. Why don't I just film the actual game so people can see the actual components they're going to get? And uh, for me, um, you know, I, I do that a lot in, in campaigns I've run. And I'm seeing this along the way too, is that it's it's not a hard and fast rule that you have to go and do some fancy animated video in order to have a successful campaign. And right. so I always point that out when I see someone like yourself that has success doing it practically, that is proof, right, to those out there that it can be done. Right, yeah, and we've actually, from the beginning, they've always been, you know, the the prototype on, on film. I don't think we've ever really done an animated video for the main video. Yeah. And I, I think there's something to be said for, for backers seeing you know, the real thing, like seeing the physical stuff, like, oh, like this, this exists. I, I think it maybe gives them confidence, like, okay, like these guys have made this, they know how to make this looks cool, like in person. Yeah. Um, so it's I, real. I think it's, yeah. <laughs> so I think it helps. And I think I, I have a lot of fun writing kind of the script of the, the yeah. main promo video and just like, you know, how can I tell the story of this game and like bring people in? So, so for this one, you know, we tried to make it a cool, like, kind of like a, uh, commercial almost like you know in between like before the film starts in the 1940s like yeah. a little newsreel type of thing and thought that would be fun so no oh, i love it and again i'm showing on the screen here there's like a, a gif where there's a hand just opening up the book to do which is simply just you know demonstrating how this uh you know it's a book but then we open up that all the game components are in there um, but again, that, that GIF is shot practically and, and I'm sure if for those out there who wanted to create GIFs or wondering how literally just Google, uh, you know, online GIF creation from video, and you will come across tons of sites, uh, that will show you how to just upload a clip of a video that you've taken on your phone and turn it into a GIF, right? Yep. So there's things that you can do yourself that don't cost any money, quite frankly, and most people have camera phones. Um, it just takes time, right? Time and planning, but a lot of this stuff you can kind of carve out yourself. So I want to give you guys props on that. I thought that was really awesome. Thanks. Can you walk us through kind of the essence of how to play this game and kind of the gist of it? Yeah. So it's, it's very, very simple. I, I think probably after Salem, it's our simplest game, which, which I really like. Um, basically everyone, everyone has a different job in the movie studio. So you might be the screenwriter or the director or the producer or the actress or cinematographer. Um, and, and everyone also has a die that has either a blank or a star. So um, on your turn, you can either do your, do your job um, or you can roll, roll dice. You can roll two dice. Um, at the end of the round, once everyone's had a turn, people who have a star shown on their dice, they get to add a card from their hand into the movie and everyone has a hand of, of three cards. Mm. So in your hand, you have uh, propaganda cards. We call them um, with either communist symbols or Patriot symbols or neutral. And so there's, <laughs> there's kind of that layer of hand management. Like you might be a Patriot trying to, trying to slip in Patriot symbols, but your hand is full of communist cards. So that's, that's kind of where you rely on each other um, because only certain jobs can, can do certain things. So for example, the the gaffer job they're kind of the specialty dice roller um they they're they're good at rolling dice and getting people in or out of the movie or like the actress or actor their kind of specialty is to get people better hands of cards so they can um, let you draw two cards and kind of optimize your hand or um there's like an editor job who once all the cards are in they get to look at one and either keep it keep it in the movie or cut it um the screenwriter 
they they kind of set the tone. They they choose which movie is going to be made. Um, and certain movies kind of help help the Patriots more or the communists more. So 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 a lot of lot going on, but it's, but it's very simple. Again, on your turn, you just you do your specialty job to to help your team in whatever way you think is best, or you roll the dice to kind of influence if you get in the movie or if or if you want someone out of the movie if you don't trust them. Um, but ultimately, there's there's the two main teams, the Patriots and the Communists, and they're trying to get uh, they're trying to win four movies for their team basically by getting the most symbols in each movie. Uh, and then there's also a a rising star character playing the middle, um, kind of working for both both teams. So that's cool. So there's a little bit of social deduction there, I, I think, right? And so yeah. is is it kind of remind me a little bit of Secret Hitler uh, from a mechanic standpoint, like when you're you know, when you're placing the the bills right in front of Congress, and sometimes um, you know you gotta you get you draw three bills and you decide, okay, which two am I going to hand over to the chancellor to then yeah. decide. And you may not have a choice because you may have driven, right. uh, drawn three fascist bills and you have to hand them two and you're not a fascist, but that's all you had. So everyone uh, turns, looks at you like you're a fascist, right? So is yeah. it kind of similar there too, where you may not know what yeah, you be forced to play the, the other hand? Yeah, there are definitely some elements of that um, and some good bluffing. Because yeah, if you're a communist, you know, you might have Patriot cards in your hand, but you could be like, like, guys, sorry, like I only have communist cards. I have to play this. <laughs> Or That's what a communist would say. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're the screenwriter, you know, and you draw two posters, you know, one might have a double Patriot symbol on it. One might have, you know, a communist. And you're like, ah, I got two communist cards. I have to play this one. So, yeah. So there's definitely some elements of that. Um, I think there's some ties into the resistance, too, where you're like kind of choosing who who plays, like who goes on the mission type of thing. Um, and then, you know, we we encourage communication. so. We encourage people to, um, you know, talk about what they put in the in the middle to be like, you know, I, I played a Patriot card, but then, you know, you, you, you see what's what's been played. And so you can kind of use logic to, to try to figure it out. There's all lie, right? Like, oh, yeah, just lie yeah. through your teeth, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And 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 with with all our games, we always try to give people an excuse out. Like so for this one, for example, there's always a card coming from the deck. And there's always a card leaving the the cards that were played. So you can always say like, oh, like I played a double Patriot card, but it, it got, to, it must've got taken out or like, yeah. So, or, or if, you know, one comes from the deck, you can try to claim that card. Like, oh, I played that, that good card. So there's lots of, lots of tricky ways to, to kind of convince people. What's the max play. player count on this game? Uh, it goes up to nine. Oh, <laughs> That is up my alley. I love it. Um, with, uh, I mean, when last time we talked, again, I'm going to go back to episode six, pre-COVID, right? Now here we are post-COVID. How has that impacted you as a company? Hmm. Well, I mean, the, the COVID years were expensive for like shipping stuff. Like, yeah. you know, just the whole supply chain was, everything was just slow and uh, shipping was more expensive. But, you know, a lot of people you know, stayed home and played games. And so I think for us, it kind of evened out. Like I think yeah. our sales were good, but costs were higher. Um, so yeah, we, we, we came out okay. And I think we're, yeah, we're doing good. Yeah. I know there's a lot of companies that kind of got caught, right. They were had like a campaign that just concluded. So they had collect, they collected their funds, 
then shipping crisis occurred, which jacked everything up like 10 times in some cases. Uh-huh. And they're either caught with eating it or having to go back to the well and ask for more money. Did you have any, did you luck out? Did you have any campaigns that fell in that kind of Goldilocks zone at well, all or no? I mean, if, if you recall, so yeah, we launched, you know, Bristol 1350, which is yeah. about the black plague right during the whole COVID plague. Yeah. So there's, there's some interesting ties there, but we, um, we we gave ourselves a lot of ex like enough time uh, for the deadline. Like we told people, like we're not going to deliver this for like a year and a half or something. Usually we just we just give ourselves like nine months. We're fine, but we gave ourselves a lot of leeway, and we we barely we hit our deadline, but barely. I think because we'd given ourselves that extra time, um, so it's fine. We we definitely did pay more than we were expecting for some of the shipping costs, but it, yeah. it worked out. You know, it was it was a big campaign, and we're fine, but. And how do you guys market? Are you guys using any kind of social media amplification companies at all? Do you guys do your own Facebook ads? Like, how do you handle that? Yeah, um, we've done a few different things. For this campaign, we're working with um, Backerkit Marketing to do some of these ads mm-hmm. um, to start with. Um, we've worked with a company called Green Inbox in the past. And then Jellup's always on our radar. Sure. As well, um, so we do that. We do uh, some advertising through Board Game Geek. Um, I always try to be active on Reddit. Um, yeah, those are those are kind of the main ones. And just just other little little things here. It must be a cool feeling having this audience now that you've been cultivating for six seven years, right? That you can now like you, here's another game in the same genre, right? I, I'm sure you you must get weekly people reaching out to you saying, Oh, I was there at the beginning, man. And now I'm just, so, I've got every title and this is another one. I'm so excited. Like, are you, are you must be getting that. Are you? Oh yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's so, I love the comments that come in of people saying like, yeah, I was there for, for Salem day one. Yeah. I always, I'm always just so grateful for those, those original Salem backers, especially I always give them a good, a virtual hug. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. We have a lot of people who just say like, you know, the, the whole insta back mentality it's like you know whatever you put out we'll, we'll back it yeah um, that just it's just really great um it's been a great community and we're grateful for will there ever be a re because i i mean i can see that people can get as add-ons the prior games as well and eventually you'll run out of inventory of the different games is there any point in the future where you see putting together some kind of master box set that literally is all the games all in kind of one yeah case or yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you my master plan because I, I like to talk about it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is our this is our fifth Dark Cities game. Um, I I've always thought I like number twelve. I think we would make up to twelve of these, and then and then just focus on, you know, amping up the deluxe versions, maybe making bigger boxes, um, making expansions, but just really kind of settling and focusing on that that world. So we got those 12. Then we also have um, kind of our line of party games. So trophies is one that's been pretty successful. That was our first one. Mm-hmm. We have another one coming out next year. So I want to do seven of those. That's 12 plus seven. And that's 19. So I got to do one more um, to make it a nice even 20. But for that last one, we're, we're starting to dabble into like a really light RPG type of thing to get casual people playing mm-hmm. kind of that really imaginative stuff. Um and I want that to be like a really big game, like a big box, <laughs> a lot yeah. of stuff. So we've never really done that, but I, I, I want I want that to be a lot of fun. So that's that's the plan. Those twenty games. 
Oh, that's cool. And so, so how many the, years you have that mapped out over? Um, it's about a game a year. So let's see, we've done six. So another So it's a decade 14, worth of games. Years. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll we'll see if our, our kids are old enough then to do the next generation again. I'll just hand it off and go Sad. to retirement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. So we'll what see comes after even... what comes after this one? Like what's the next iteration after Hollywood nineteen forty seven? I'm sure you guys, as you said, I think you said parkades. Is that the name you kind of slipped or yeah, what was well, that? so so next year, um we're gonna do one of our party games. Okay. Uh, it's called Parkade. It's kind of sitting there behind me. Um it's um it's like a parking garage. You're trying to park your car. <laughs> um <laughs> it's like a word matching game. So like if the parking spot says princess and you have a a car that says castle or something, then you try to convince the judge like, Hey, these go together. And they're like, okay, yeah, that parks. And so it's just this, this mad scramble to park all your cars. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's really fun. Really, really simple. You can learn it in five seconds. So we're doing that. And that'll be kind of next January, February, maybe on Kickstarter. Maybe we'll just release it. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Um, but then um, the year after that, so two years from now, we'll launch volume six in this series. Um, I don't, I, I'm not really revealing the too much about it yet, but we, we've been playing it a lot and it might be my favorite of our game so far to play. <laughs> oh man. It's, it's a, um, non-apologetic elimination game. Like, <laughs> like you are getting, you are eliminating people and they are out and yeah. You know, I so much of our games are like, no, like we don't want to do player elimination. We want to keep people in. We want to them all to play. But this one, I'm like, no, like this one is gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt your feelings. You're gonna get out, but then you're gonna want to play again. And that's yeah. what it does. Like we we've made it go. It's a pretty quick game. Yeah. Like it goes fast. Um, so you get your feelings hurt, but then you jump back in and play again. It's just like, oh, it, just, it makes my mouth water just talking about it. It's it's gonna be fun. I'm a fan of if there's a take that game, as long as it you're all in on the take that. I'm not a fan of genres where there's a little bit of take that, like I like either go Euro or or you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Our first game was like that. It, it's it's 100. You are you are attacking somebody and you're attacking somebody on the first turn. Like you're gunning for people literally. Uh-huh. And uh, I I like those kind of take that games where again it's unapologetic as you're saying you're going to get them out and uh, the person knows, you know, they know what they're getting into. Right. So it's not oh, like yeah. it kind of sneaks up on them. And uh, I think that's half the fun of those. Right. Cause you know that I'm going to get them before they get me. And that almost takes me back oh, yeah. to that classic kind of like seventies, eighties style games, like the risks and stuff like that, which were again, someone's attacking someone and we're backstabbing and, and we all know what we're getting into. Right. And that's where yeah. the laughter comes from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. And, and you know, we're trying to add enough, like, meet to it meet to it too that yeah if if you get out we want you to deserve it like <laughs> like you you made a critical error on your turn and you deserve to be gone <laughs> so we're, we're trying to make sure like you know the the best player of the round wins yeah wins each round um so it's not too much like i want you dead now you're dead there's definitely some of that but but yeah anyways i, I i'm really excited about it Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah it, it, the, the passion clearly comes through in all the work you guys do. Um, you know, and this campaign, I got to wish you all the best on this campaign. Uh, you guys are crushing it already. 
Uh, I'm sure this is probably going to surpass Bristol, or if not, it's going to be very, very close. So I know you guys will be happy with where it, it lands. I'm probably going to back this one myself because it's oh, definitely in the zone of the types of things that I look to play with when I go to game night and bring different things for people to try. Uh, so, so, so excited for you guys. I want to wish you all the best in this coming year and you take Thank care. You. Thanks Cheers. so much. Appreciate it. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time. Oh, 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 oh